Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, and he would love to hear from you in the first segment. So if you have a question for Doug, 866-391-1020. He's got a guest coming up as well today. And we've got this opportunity right now to give you a chance to win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. DougOster.com, another great resource to find out more about the Organic Gardener. Let's welcome him back as he joins us via remote on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing good. I'm getting ready for the Browns game today. Yeah, ye of little faith. What did I tell you last week? <laughs> hey, hey, you tell me. Did the Steelers lose that game or did the Browns win it? That's the question. Listen, the Browns, I'm telling you, and I'm going to wait till I give you my official pick later today, but the line has come down nine and a half, Kansas City favored, and there's a reason why it's not double digits and that is because I think a lot of people are realizing this Cleveland Browns team and Baker Mayfield, when they get momentum going, he's a guy who plays with a lot of enthusiasm. They got the best running game in the league and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Miles Garrett still is a big force. Don't be surprised if the Browns don't get this win today. I'm telling you. I feel like I'm listening to a sports show. This is, this is gardening, Rob, but... It... Uh, I can watch this game because uh, I don't expect the Browns to win just like the last one. The last one, I got a text about 1030 at night saying I'm from Cleveland. I'm turning it off as the Steelers were working their way down the field. You know what you thought? You thought even when they were down 28 to nothing, the Steelers, you still thought thought, ye of little faith that the Browns were going to find a way to lose that game. Did you not? I actually, I had to turn it off around 1030 (laughs) because I had a pit in my stomach and I was getting mad. (laughs) But think how Uh, good this would be, Doug, if Cleveland would win today. Kansas City's just got a Super Bowl. But if they would, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be around for a long time. Like Andy Reid, he got that Super Bowl that he never got in Philadelphia. But imagine. Imagine if Cleveland is at Buffalo next week. You got two young third-year quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Would that not be great drama? Come on. Uh, yes, it would be great, but we'll see what happens. All right, let's get back right, to gardening. So, yes, let's get back to gardening. Uh, planning continues for my upcoming trip to Croatia in July. Uh, you know, we're hoping to be out of this all by the summer. I hope so. So I got a call from my Colette travel rep and he's telling me that there are eight cabins available on our private yacht. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yes, we are going to Croatia in July in a private yacht. The boat only holds 36. I think I have about 25 people now that have stuck around to see if this happens. If uh, it does not happen because of the coronavirus and pandemic, then you get your money back. But uh, I'm hoping we're going to go. We're going to cruise along the coast of Croatia and stop every day and check out these little towns. All the details are at DougOster.com. This week's story for the Green Voice, I hope you can take a look at it because it was so much fun. Uh, I saw a guy on Facebook, Eddie Smith. He's 75. He got fed up with critters eating his vegetables, and he had a giant cage built around his entire garden. 
there's more to the story than that. He told me that as a four-year-old, uh, his grandmother put his playpen right next to the garden, and from four until 75, he's gardened except for those college years. Uh, this week I'll be on Pittsburgh Today Live, which is on KDKA TV at nine in the morning. I'll be on both Wednesday and Friday talking about microgreens. Uh, we've talked a lot about microgreens here. Uh, if you have a garden question and you can't get through, too shy to call, just go to DougOster.com. I answer all my questions at the end of the show if you don't want to be on the air. And I've been getting lots of questions, uh, so that's a great thing. But give us a call, too. Uh, after our first break, I am so excited for this guest. His name is Kelly Norris. He's a horticulturist and a QVC host, and he's the author of the new book, New Naturalism, Designing and Planting a Resilient, Ecologically Vibrant Home Garden. I'm really looking forward to talking to him to see what he has to say about that, uh, what new naturalism is, and the book is beautiful. He is an amazing uh, photographer and plantsman. He's just, just a good guy. Uh, Mrs. Know-It-All later on is going to talk about growing plants from seeds. And I did some winter sowing, which we've talked about, which you could still do too. And winter sowing means just filling a container with moist planting mix, putting whatever seeds you want in there, covering it. You know, uh, a lot of people do them in those clamshell containers you get from the grocery store or you get a sandwich in. And then you just put it out somewhere in the garden and wait for it to sprout when it when it's ready. And so I've had mine... Uh, in my unheated greenhouse, and when we had some mild weather, now I've got the the coldest weather crops of the experiment that I've been planting. Uh, the mustards and mizunas have come up, and so in, in a way it's problematic. Uh, if it gets real, real cold, I'll have to just bring them in for a couple of days from the greenhouse. I mean, real cold, I mean 20 or below. Put them on the window so for a couple of days until we get back up to into the 30s. But as long as it's in the 30s, you get some sun in that greenhouse. It'll warm them up. It's just fun to have them sprouted. Uh, one of the the plants that sprouted, uh, the name is Miz M I Z America, and it's a Mizuna. So they're kind of playing on that Mizuna, and it's just the most beautiful purple little seedlings. Uh, I'm writing about them, so that'll be it for next week. Rob, you want to uh, get out a little early and save some space for our uh, guest? Yeah, why don't we do that? We'll do that. And for those of you on hold, we'll get to you in the third segment, but we've got to take a break right now, and we'll do that. Phone number is 866-391-1020. You can reserve your spot on the phone lines. And then we'll come back with Doug and his guest. You know, when the weather turns bad, turn to KDK Radio Storm Center. We'll keep you up to date with traffic delays, school closures, and important weather information every time we activate KDK Radio Storm Center. Brought to you by Air Pro Heating and Cooling, Bill Gray, Volvo, Service Master of Pittsburgh, Living Treasures Animal Park, and 100.1 FM and AM 1020. News Radio KDKA. All right, we're back to Doug, and his guest is waiting to join him. So let's say hello to his guest. Both of them right now on the disc get the two to Pittsburgh Newsline. Doug? I've known Kelly Norris for a long time. He's a horticulturist extraordinaire. If I read his long bio that I downloaded, we'd be here all day. He is a brilliant, prolific author and photographer. I love what he does. He's a plant and garden design expert. You can also... See him on QVC as he presents plants for the cottage, for Cottage Farms Direct. Most of all, he's a great guy, always willing to share his extensive garden knowledge. He's here to talk about his fascinating book, New Naturalism, Designing and Planting a Resilient, 
ecologically vibrant home garden. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for getting up so early. Well, good morning, Doug. It's a pleasure to be on. Are, are you coherent? Have you had coffee? <laughs> I actually have not had coffee yet, but I, I, I believe I am coherent. <laughs> so, so when you're putting this book together, tell me a little bit, what, what does that mean, new naturalism? What, what are you looking for in the, in the new book? Well, new naturalism is an intervention with the wild. It is a gardening on the wild side in which I, I implore and, and, and hopefully, you know, coax people into thinking about how to simply include more life in the garden, how to, to set a bigger table for a, a greater nature, a greater awareness of nature in our gardens. Here's a quote from the book. To inspire more opportunities for listening watching and learning from our gardens as patches in nature's quilt. I told you he's a great writer. <laughs> That's kind of you to say. No, I, I do believe that, you know, our gardens, your little garden next to your neighbors, next to the community garden, and maybe the botanical garden down the road and, and the public park, all of these patches of green space become these you know the, the little stitches and the and this 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 sort of part of this this greater ecological quilt that lies across our world and we have to understand that our gardens don't exist apart from nature our our, our gardens in a lot of ways today you know with the crisis of pollinators and climate change and all of these big things that are affecting the way we see the world our, our gardens are not apart from that in fact our our gardens our nature. We're, we're nature. And we have to acknowledge that we're part of one system that, that by planting thoughtfully and by, by being thoughtful in the garden, in what we do, we can make a, a rather positive difference in the vibrancy of that world. What's an easy way for gardeners to move in this direction, to get started growing this way? Well, you know, it, we just keep planting, right? I think people could easily, you know, read the book and think, or maybe, maybe, maybe start off and, and be somewhat intimidated by this idea. But I often tell people that if you look at your garden in whatever state you find it today, you're probably not so far off. You, you've been planting, or maybe if you're so lucky to start from scratch, you have the chance now to really think about planting as an active intervention, about, about putting more plants, you know, more is more into the garden to create a greater sort of banquet for more life. And so I, I think I really see in my own view as a gardener and my practice and my, you know, my, and the book that planting thoughtfully and planting site specific, uh, you know, choices is really the beginning of this journey. One other thing I saw in the book, and I, I just, there's so much to talk about, but one thing, there's more to plant survival than winter hardiness. Now, we, we've been told, you know, for decades, just, you know, uh, just look at your zone, you'll be okay, and just throw it in. Talk a little bit right. about more that plant survival. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than simply that winter minimum temperature, of course. And well, one of the things I think we're all acutely aware of is that, you know, given the effects of climate change, a lot of things about our gardens are changing, not only just the, the vagaries of winter temperature, but you know, the intensity of summers and their duration, as well as precipitation and whatnot. But, you know, there's a whole other set of factors that are intrinsic to plants themselves. And, you know, it is no accident that the first section of the book is kind of like this, 
Gardner's crash course in in plant biology. It's how do we start to see plants and understand them in a different way such that we might begin to apply them more thoughtfully to place and to use them as the living creatures they are instead of, you know, a couch or a chair in your living room. I've, I've been looking at your Instagram feed, or I see your Instagram feed for years, but these beautiful landscapes... I don't know. How would you describe them? Because it's it's completely different than most of the Instagram feeds that I see, but in a good way. I mean, it's just, uh, it's like it's like looking at a painting. Every time I see one of your Instagram posts, and when I looked through the book, I saw lots of pictures like that. It just looks like a painting. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because there is such beauty in that. Is it wild beauty, or is it uh, you know, is it created beauty? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great question because I think it, to me, it illustrates that this is a conversation. You know, new naturalism is about and and both. This isn't an either or conversation. This isn't oh, I, I have to give up my my sense of aesthetic, uh, my style in order to have more creatures and ecology happening in my garden. This is about and and both, and I and I I think what people will see in the book and in, and, you know, in my Instagram and social media and all those sorts of things is that there is great beauty in gardens that, that, that flirt with a, a greater sense of wildness. There, there's a, a complexity that becomes alluring and attractive for that reason. You know, there's so much going on in the world today. And so to be able to escape to a place and to just observe nature and to just sort of you know, intervene along a, a journey that's already happening, whether you're there or not. In some ways, you're just inviting it uh, for a closer look, uh, or inviting yourself to take a closer look. Uh, I, I'm obviously biased because I find great beauty myself, but but that's my job as a sort of a narrator of this experience is to to sort of help convey what is so beautiful about complex wilder gardens. Another beautiful quote from the book: "A well-placed humble." is the mark of a fine gardener or planting designer, a floral shape so different than most that it levitates among its garden companions with seeming effortlessness. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, who doesn't love a good umble, right? I mean, if, you know, if you're a vegetable gardener, you've got carrots, you've got, you know, we 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 you know dill. We have to have umbles around. They just they just sort of change the game up. It's like it's good to have contrasting floral geometry out there. That's a good lesson. And when you look through the book, you see, you know, there was this beautiful picture with that uh, quote, and showing uh, bronze fennel standing above these other plants. But oh, just absolutely beautiful. Tell me just a little bit about you and and how horticulture became the thing for you? Well, I've been gardening since I was a kid, really. And certainly there are people out there listening, I hope, that are that know a young person in their life, whether it's a family member or maybe it's a neighbor kid or, or somebody they mentor. And there's just so many life experiences that start in the garden, I believe. And, and, and certainly the, the balance of my my professional life uh, and is really stemmed from those seminal youth experiences in my in my grandmother's garden and then keeping a garden of my own and then and then having basically never been without a garden in my life since I you know 
who's probably 10 years old. And uh, I, I just found, you know, so much of my, my own identity in being in the garden. Of course, you know, I have, I have a bachelor's and master's in horticulture and, and my master's work also includes, you know, a lot of work in ecology. And so these, these sorts of two threads that have run through my life with plants, one of one fascinated with plants in gardens and the human interaction with plants has very much run alongside this idea of experiencing plants in wild places. And, and new naturalism is, is maybe the first time where those chords have become completely fused <laughs> in, a, in a journey towards uh, something that might look like a, a more natural or a gardening or a greater wildness about gardening. Kelly, what's the best way for people to connect with you and to pre-order the book? You can jump on kellydnorris.com, and people can drop questions there. You can pick up copies of New Naturalism and my other books uh, on the shop there on the website. Again, that's kellydnorris.com. Kelly, thanks so much for getting up so early. You are awesome. Love the book. And there's another book he has out there called Plants That Matter. Is another one of my favorites. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much, Doug. It's a pleasure. All right, folks. Good job, guys. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Look, if you want to get a question in for Doug, now's the time to call 866-391-1020. Oh, he is, folks, and he's ready to take your phone calls. we got some folks who want to talk to Doug, and we'll do that in a moment. But right now, the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate from the folks at Janoski. So let's go to John in 84 PA up first for Doug Oster, the organic gardener, dougoster.com. Hi, John. Hey, good morning. Hey, Doug, um, bib lettuce. What's the secret to getting it to head, whether it be, uh, uh, outdoors or indoor hydrophonically, you know, it likes cool weather. That, that's one of the things. A lot of times what happens with the bib or any kind of loose head lettuce, uh, butter crunch, if it gets too hot, it just, it just won't head up. So we're usually planting our lettuce early in the season. In our climate here, you know, April is, is perfect for lettuce. I have lettuce out there now. You know, it's not actively growing, but it's not dying. So that just shows you how how cold it can take. And so early in the season... And then being being very uh, fertile, having very fertile ground will get that lettuce growing quick, give it the space it needs to, to head up, and you'll be good. Inside for the hydroponics, it's more of uh, just about giving it the nutrients that it needs, giving it the light that it needs, and uh, in those indoor conditions, it won't get too hot. The problem is when we get into spring, even in April, we're going to get two or three days there where it's going to be super hot. And sometimes with certain varieties, that can just make them say, oh, something's wrong. This is too hot. Is this the middle of summer? I need to go to seed, and then it won't head up. So start early, uh, give it lots of compost in that soil, and then you'll get nice uh, little what we call butter heads. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's keep it going. Next stop is Robinson, and here's Connie on News Radio KDK. Hi, Connie. Good morning. I read in the Farmer's Almanac that if I water my house plants with flat club soda, it provides nitrogen. You know, I, I can't even, I don't even know about that. Uh, uh, it, your, your, your house plants don't, don't at this point, don't need any fertilizer. Uh, they they can't use it. The days are too short. So um, 
I'll have to ask Mrs. Know it all about that one because I I have not heard that one. Uh, you know, if it's and coming I from have... the farmer's alm, if it's coming from the farmer's almanac, though, how how bad can that advice be? <laughs> Usually, right. pretty good stuff in there. I have two other quick questions. Can you okay. rec- um, recommend um, a weed killer for? I have a gravel driveway and I have problems. I've tried using organic; it doesn't work. Well. Uh, there's one organic one that that I recommend that I that I've used that my friends have used that works really well. But it, uh, part of it is a lot of times when you use uh, uh, these organic products, you you got to pick the right time to apply them. Uh, for a gravel driveway, if you use this stuff called Nature's Avenger, I, I'm telling you, if you if you do it on a bright sunny day and spray that on there, it's going to do a better job than the chemical version because okay. it's going to soak Nature's down into Avenger. those roots. Uh, and it's just and my, basically these. Some of these uh, pr- products are using a really high uh, concentration of vinegar, and sometimes it's clove oil. And I can just I can tell you from personal uh, experience that Nature's Avenger is, is going to do a better job for you, believe it or not, than like a Roundup. And you don't want to be exposed to what what is in that Roundup. That's the idea. And so right. if you can find that Nature's Avenger, I I think you're going to like that. What was your last question? I have a pothos plant that I cut and I was going to root and it's been about a month and I have them in water but I have no roots. Huh. Um that's unusual. And then the top looks okay? Oh, the, they they look great. I just I was going to pot them but I have no roots. Yeah, I would just I would just wait till those roots pop on. They'll they'll do it eventually. Uh uh, they'll put roots on the bottom, and as soon as you start to see any little growth underneath there, I would take a couple more cuttings, too, and put those in water. Uh, you can – that is a, a plant that roots very easily. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to have the roots on the bottom from the water, but I would take cuttings from a plant like that. I'll just dip them in a little bit of this stuff called root tone, and then I'll stick them right into uh, a real light planting mix, and then I'll I'll put uh, plastic on top of that clear plastic to keep it humid for a couple weeks, and then they'll root that way too. But I bet you those ones in the water will will root for you. Thanks for your question. question. Thank you very much. Bye. All right, let's get a break in here and come back on the other side. And uh, we got Mrs. No and All coming up. Stay with us on News Radio KDK. And yes, he is, and it's time once again, is it not, Doug? It is time for Mrs. Know and All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. We're going to talk all about seeds. But Denise, did you hear that one question about? Yeah. It, what is that? Nothing what is, to what it. Is, you know, um, plant. You know, pouring club soda in. It's just been oxygenated. Once you pour it in, it doesn't add oxygen to the plant. Uh, and you've wasted some good club soda. You should maybe add some alcohol to it instead. That's like uh, feeding beer to the slugs to me. Um, so yeah. before we get to talking about seeds, if you want to grow from seed, you better get your orders in right now. I saw Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds uh, shut down for the second time in January. Uh, I know from going to nurseries that uh, it's, it's whatever's in the rack, that's going to be it. So get out there and get your seeds. So what can we grow from seed, Mrs. Nodal? You know, there's all kind of plants you can grow from seed and i think people are afraid to try it for fear that it won't succeed but i've got a whole list here so i'll run through it real quick basil beans beets carrots corn cucumbers dill fennel lettuce 
um, melons, you know, whether it's muskmelons or watermelons, peas, radishes, squashes, tomatoes. Then you've got your flowers of cleome, cosmos, dahlias, geraniums, and I'm talking about the pelargoniums, the ones we typically put in a pot, not the perennial. They're very easy to start uh, seven days, and you've got a plant up. Uh, Love in a mist, which is nigella, marigolds, nasturtiums, poppies, pumpkins, sunflowers, Mexican sunflower, zinnias. They're really easy. Uh, I did put a um, whole uh, article on my Mrs. Know-It-All Facebook page with a little bit more information about these plants. But they're easy. You just have to follow the directions on the packet. Now, some of these you can start indoors, and some of them you can do outdoors. And some can, you know, you can do indoors a little bit earlier and outdoors later on. But seed starting it requires a seedless potting mix, good light, and moisture, but not floating. No plant knows how to do the backstroke, not even water lilies. Talk a little bit about the lighting. Because that's, so, that's the thing that, that people, everyone can, not everybody, but most people can get the seeds to sprout. But then if they're just on the windowsill and they get tall and spindly, we call it leggy, that lighting is important, right? Right. So... Uh, you can use uh, grow lights that you can buy at any hardware store or garden center. You can also do, uh, some of them have the LED lights, and that's actually what I use um, for mine because I don't have a windowsill to put them on, not without a cat eating them. So uh, I put them in my trays and just put the light on. You want the light close. It's not going to burn. It's not like an incandescent that's going to burn them. But it will provide all the uh, light that the plants need. So about six inches above the plant. And as the plants grow, keep them taller. Now, one trick that uh, growers know, uh, if you have a small greenhouse, when plants are starting to get tall, whether you've still got them in the seed trays or you've transplanted them but they're not outside, is once a day, just walk across, not walk on them, take your hand and walk by them and just kind of gently pet them is the best way to put it, just once or twice. And what that does, it encourages the plant to develop sturdier stems and it also encourages them to branch out so you'll have more stems coming up. How many uh, different types of things are you able to start in your operation and how do you draw the line? (laughs) This is the hard part. How do you draw the line that what you know you've got things you've got to start inside that you love and and I'm going to guess it's it's some of the tomatoes but Absolutely. How much, and start, how much can you start and how do you draw the line as what you're going to buy and what you're going to, to grow, start yourself in your operation? Well, I've already gone through seeds that I have left over from last year. So, I, you know, and I have them saved properly. So, you know, they're pretty viable. And then I decide what I want to have this year. So I'm going to grow some Cosmos because I like having them. Uh, marigolds are always easy. Nasturtiums because they're edible. And then I try to grow, uh, I'd like to grow the tithonia. However, I don't have the space for the tithonia, but I will grow sunflowers and I'll grow them in a pot. And zinnias I always grow. Uh, I like to get them started early because I like to use them for cutting. I like to grow the old fashioned tall ones. And, you know, I can go out all summer and snip away. 
And then as far as vegetables, I always do tomatoes and I do peppers. But I didn't include peppers in this because peppers require a longer germination time than tomatoes. The same with eggplant. Eggplant, you should actually be starting in another three weeks. It just takes a really long time for them. So the ones that I listed are the ones that are really easy for people. They don't need heat mats or anything else. They can just, you know, plant the seed following the directions on the label and go to town for them. So some of the seeds that you're talking about there – they could be started either way. They could be started indoors or outdoors. Let's say nasturtiums. You know. Nasturtiums, right. And I do them maybe a, a week and a half to two weeks before I would normally plant them directly out in the garden. And the reason I do that is be, to keep the birds from pulling out the seedlings when they first come out. The birds will come out, especially starlings. And so I try to get them started. So once you have a full set of true leaves on there, they tend to leave them alone. And another trick, if you're direct seeding out in the garden, is uh, take out, you know, the red plastic cups you always get at picnics. Cut the bottom out and then put it, the mouth end, so to speak, over where you've planted the seed. And so as it germinates, then the birds can't, get in there right away to pull out the seedling. And another one to use if you have gotten rid of a um, ceiling fan is if you have the uh, light uh, uh, glass pieces and you can put them over and use them as not only to protect your seeds from the birds, but also use them as a garden cloche in case you have a couple of cold nights. Real quick, for people who don't start seeds indoors, what do you get out of it? Why do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm like every, I'm no different than anybody else. I can't wait to get my hands in the soil and play with it, and this is one way to do it. And I All like right, a Mrs. challenge. All right, Mrs. Know-it-all, thank you so much. Always great information. Now, next week, my guest is famed Canadian garden superstar author Nikki Jabor. She is an expert in cold weather, year-round gardening. She has a new book out all about that. You know how much I love. I dabble in growing things outdoors all winter. I saw some pictures of hers. She's pulling these giant carrots out of there this time of the year in Nova Scotia. So how are we doing on time, Rob? You have one minute, sir. All right. As I said, it's really important. If you want to grow from seed, You've got to you've got to get your order in now. As I said, you know Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds is a huge seed company, and and they are running 24/7 trying to fill orders. The seeds are there, but they're getting so many orders that they've had to shut down for nearly a week. The second time in January, this is going to be another gardening year where it's going to be absolutely nuts. Go to the nursery, get your seeds, or order your seeds online, but do it as soon as you can. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get them. Now, remember, organic gardeners. You make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Go Browns. Go Browns. All right, man. Have a great day. Uh, Listen, uh, we will be back later today talking all about the NFL Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show. But coming up right after we get to the news at 8 o'clock with Melinda, 
how alcohol can add flavor to your recipe. So if you have something that you flavor in that beer-fish battered mix or maybe favorite sauce with a splash of wine or two or maybe something you do with things like vodka, get on the line and get ready to phone in because you could be taking home a $25 gift certificate But you have to call in and get your recipe on the air. Coons Cooking Hour just moments away. So that number, it is Alcohol Adds Flavor to Recipes is 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget Dollar Bank Instant Access as well at kdkradio.com. Then Hepfron Tillotson, your money and you to begin with the morning commentary right after local news at 9 with Melinda. It's a long way to go before we're done today, folks, at 1 o'clock. So I hope you'll stay with us throughout the rest of the morning and early afternoon and all day long because this is FM 100.1 AM 1020 News Radio KDKA. Good morning.